0: Hey guys, welcome in to your weekend edition of the OBR film breakdown and we are doing our fantastic crossover episode with all eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward. Excited to have Brad here with me. I think we got a pretty good set of topics to discuss tonight. Brad, what's happening? How are you?
1: I'm excellent. Uh, excited to be with you again, Jake. This is always fun.
0: Yeah, this is uh this is this is an interesting time. We're we're really close to the draft and I have said a couple different things this week about how close we are to the draft and everything that goes into that. And the thing that has caught my eye here, Brad, as we start is, you know, we have, we have tried to go back and forth. And I think a lot of people and you and I have touched on this subject. And I think you've probably talked to a lot of people, myself included, that have said, you know, the Browns want to go into the draft with without any holes, right? Without any holes, because then you don't want to draft for position, uh, over best player available, all that stuff. And I totally get that line of thought. We all want that. But as I sit here, now tonight, Miles Garrett has hinted at some things with Jadeveon Clowney, and maybe they work out a deal before this draft. But as we sit here on April 22nd, mere five days, six days out in front of the draft here, it's 8 o'clock. The Browns have got to have, Brad, even if you include Miles, the one of the worst defensive lines in the NFL. I mean, there is, outside <laughs> of Miles, I'm talking... I don't view Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai as legitimate NFL players. I'm sorry. Taven yeah. Bryan is a fringe NFL player at best. Yeah. On the other side, Winovich was traded for Mac Mac Wilson. Like, you know, then you're bringing in Stephen Weatherly and then you're, you're bringing in, um, who they bring in just this week? Rochelle, Isaac Rochelle.
1: Rochelle. I mean, you're
0: really, you're really not looking at much there. And I think that. The thing that's startling to me is that they have not plugged any of the veterans in the Akeem Hicks, Jerry Hughes, you know, obviously Clowney has not had any decision and maybe there is a decision there, Brad, maybe they know he's coming back. It's just a matter of figuring a couple things out, but I'm sitting here like five, six days outside of the draft thinking, man, if they don't address some of these things now, they could address them in the draft and after the draft. That's cool. But the general idea has always been the Browns, or your franchise in general, you want to be able to, you know, you want to be able to have everything covered and fill the holes that 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 are not on the roster at this time. Because if you have those holes, then you feel inclined to go out and draft a player maybe who's not as good overall as a football player as somebody else because you feel like you need to fill a defensive tackle or defensive end role. Are you worried about that at all? Because I'm telling you, like, the defensive tackle group specifically is – it's at the top of the chart of the worst position group in the NFL. It's it's bad. It's I was asking the OBR guys today, Brad, Like, is there a position group across the league at other teams that is as bad as this defensive tackle group? It's jarringly terrible.
1: So I'm going to answer this question, Jake, and I'm going to turn it back to you on this a little bit, okay? I, I am very concerned, right? However, I have been told by pe- smart people, right, like, that and and this is new to me right like i've mm-hmm. read the articles and i've listened to people say this on a on my show a couple times right and people that i trust okay the new analytics right is devaluing the ability to stop the run completely like there is no correlation i guess the numbers say between Like none, right? No correlation between being able to stop the run and having an overall good defense. So, are the Browns just embracing that role and the defensive tackle is the new linebacker, new running back?
0: Well, this is that was the thing that came up with our OBR guys, too. Is like, yeah, let's encourage them to pass. Hey, it'd be nice, though, if you had somebody that could rush the passer, though.
2: Right. If you want to do that,
0: that's a great plan. I'm cool with it. Absolutely. Can be on that plan. But if you don't have people that can, like, You can have bad run-stopping defensive tackles if you have guys that can get after the quarterback. Like, I think Perrion Winfrey is a great example in this draft. Oklahoma kid. Great pass rusher. Not a very good run defender. So, yeah, I don't mind encouraging other teams to throw because he's a terrible run defender because then it plays to his strengths, these guys' strengths, enough guys' strengths up front. So, like, I think the theory is right there, but I don't like the application of where the Browns are. Like, yeah, well, if the defensive tackles are this bad, Teams will be inclined to run the football. Well, that's cool, but they also don't pass rush well. So, what, is, you know, how is that yeah. going to help you? If the quarterback has a, a, all day to sit back there, it doesn't help anything.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that, too. And, and, and I would say you can, like, the Chargers embrace this and they took it too far, right? Like, you yeah. can be so bad that it's like the Browns were running for like 10 yards a carry on the Chargers, right? Like, it can be that bad. Like, you, you can't totally. Right, and and the guys like you're saying, that's fine, but they still got to be able to get to the quarterback, right? And the guys that you have in your room right now too, uh, can't really do either at at a a high level or a high enough level. So uh, I'm with you. I'm surprised that they haven't. I thought that Andrew Berry, based off of what he's done in the past, would have addressed this, as we kind of talked about a couple weeks ago, and you brought it up, and I totally agreed with you that. Hey, I think it makes sense to address, like, a uh, a bigger shade-nose type in free agency because it's harder to for me, in my opinion, to get a rookie to come in and play that role, right? Or, like you said, like an Akeem Hicks type, right? There's a couple guys on the market like that that are a little bit older but could fill that role for you, only play so many downs and do that job. Like, I think that it would have made sense for Barry to... A, bring somebody in like that because it just opens up his options more in the draft and the guys that he's have brought in you can't take seriously enough to open up those options
0: yeah you you you, to me the baseline of this group brad is so poor right now that i can get around the discussion like i can really get around the discussion that that you're having there and smart people are having about encouraging teams to run the football i really i really can but then what are they what are they giving you then what are they giving you then so it's like you know you can go get a keem hicks you can draft a couple guys at both positions in the draft and maybe this all works itself out and clowny comes back but i just i think we always laud this group and i try to do this every year brad i have a, a podcast on at the beginning of the year on you know, what what could go wrong you know what could go wrong everybody in the offseason paints the you're all wearing the brown and orange glasses and everybody wants to talk about all the things they've done well but Hey, what does it look like if it goes wrong? You got to have those conversations. And unfortunately, going back and listening to that one I did with Jordan Zerm earlier this year, that one was pretty spot on. And it was kind of sucks that it was spot on. But like that's the that's the crux of the issue here is like you can you can praise them for a lot of things they've done well to improve the players on this roster, but I'm five, six days away from the draft, and I don't feel any kind of good about anything going on the defensive line outside of Miles Garrett. It makes me really nervous. And, again, it could work out, but the process is not the process we love. The process we love is that these guys are buttoned up by the time the draft comes and have a really good yep. plan. They've never really added guys after the draft. That's never been their thing. They pursued no. Gerald McCoy a couple of years ago late up into the uh, crux of camp, but it, it, it didn't come to fruition. I think he signed, with, he signed with Carolina, I think, or something like that. But, anyway. He did.
1: He did. Um, it was really late too
0: yeah that was late but
1: camp at that point or something yeah
0: clowny had decided by the 14th of April last year so they had a really good idea of where they were so yeah man i i'm just again i'm not sitting here telling you to feel terrible about it or like spelling (laughs) doom here but i don't like where they sit with this group with their last realistic opportunity to upgrade the group for the formidable Future here, right? For the for the real future is to go through the draft, and you don't want to force picks at positions in the draft. So, Uh, um, you know, it's not it's not a ton of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they have so many other needs too, right? I mean, uh, uh, not so many, but they have other pressing needs at more premium positions, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, So you're going to be inclined to take a wide receiver over that player at 44 if the right wide receiver's there. Then if it gets to 78 and the right safety's there, maybe you're inclined to take the safety. You know. It's hard defensive end. I think lends itself to some nice players being there at 78 and 44. But like, if you come out of this draft with just like a Thomas Booker in round five, like that, I don't feel great about that. You know, like it's just an example. I don't feel great about it. How is that any different from the fourth and third and fourth round picks they've spent on these defensive tackles the last few, few years? There's a discussion to be had here. It's early, right? Jed Wills is far from a finished product you know, they have, uh, let's put it this way. I'm just kind of focusing on the offensive and defensive lines and how they've drafted the results of the drafts that they've had with those guys. I'm just watching, just, just let put it this way. My interest is peaked. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you they've all been bad, but every, every team struggles to draft somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I have been just kind of noticing the trend on the O line D line. So, We'll see if Jed can figure it out, become the player we hope he can become. And, you know, maybe I and maybe Elliott figured it out. Maybe James Hudson continues to get it right. And maybe Nick Harris takes the step. But I'm just saying I'm interested. I'm interested, and I think it could still go either way on a lot of these things. So getting a guy in this draft at edge and, and, and interior D-line would be a really good step in the right direction for them to ease some of the draft concern I've had around some of those things.
1: Um definitely i mean you have to right at this point uh and they and, but they need to hit is your point right they need yeah. to hit on it they can't miss here and they can't wait here uh and while we have you know i have been kind of all of my you know draft simulated mocks have been very wide receiver focused because i just think that it's almost uh, i don't think it's non you know i don't think there's a non zero chance that you take uh, Two wide receivers out of the first three picks. I mean, I think you can double dip at that premium position, even if you have to. Because you got to – I mean, you have to add to this room, right? Like, I I don't know what Anthony Schwartz is. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, is going to be good, but I don't know that. Other than that, you have Amari Cooper in that room. I mean, you have to somehow supplement this room as well. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they took two. I think I lean one, but I
0: think they take two. And – um, sorry, I lean that they take one. They could take two. Yeah. Uh, let, let's kind of segue to this, Brad. Like, and I know because most people have studied wide receiver because even before we lost the first round pick in the Watson trade, wide receiver was the focus. So we all kind of have dug in. And I'll I'll not just say this. I've, I've asked everybody. Asked John Caliso yesterday. Are there guys this process whether you've studied or not? Just guys you really would pound the table for. Really, really want them to be Cleveland Browns. Is there anybody yeah. that comes to mind you've stuck out with in this draft class? Like. To me, I think everybody who's watched the mocks knows I love Logan Hall. I think he's going to be a heck of a football player. Um, there's yeah. a couple others that I've been all in on, Jahan Dotson, Logan Hall. But, yeah, I'm curious who, who's on your list.
1: Yeah, I saw that you like Jahan Dotson, and I saw that you like Logan Hall. I think Logan Hall makes a lot of sense, and I wanted to ask you about that before I give you mine real quick. Logan Hall is intriguing because – it's to me, he can do both, right? He can play a little in, he can play a little out, uh, and that's intriguing. Where would you rather see him play if they draft him? Do you have a preference? Are you like, this is definitely an interior guy to you?
0: I think he can. I think he's an interior guy most likely. It's okay. easier for him to put on some weight, but I can also see because of the leverage he plays with at the size that they could convert him to like an Olivier Vernon type of strong side DM sure. type guy. So I, sure. I don't care either way. I just would like to have a really good interior player so yes. I lean toward wanting him to be a good interior player, but I can understand the need decision desire to move him because he has a really good swim move already. If you can work on his bend, I think you can really take him to another level. If he can, if he can add some outside moves, but I, again, just my preference, if I could have it any way I wanted, I would keep him inside.
1: Yeah. Cause, cause he's an inside guy that can potentially get to the quarterback. Right. And that's what yep. they need big time. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I my favorite guys and, and it's, it's, it's going to sound a, a really repetitive, but my favorite guys in the second round are George Pickens. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Pierce, I think, is like almost cut from the same mold, and I really like him a lot. Um, uh, and And I think that, like, I know Sky Moore is real popular here, but I think... He's smaller and plays a different role and more of probably what the Browns need in a role guy that he can fill that slot if you're not going to bring back Jarvis, which is very up in the air, right, and things like Mm -hmm. that. I think he's more polished, like NFL-ready from what I've watched. I I may be wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Sky Moore is a little more polished there. Um, And I would even go as far as, like, I even like um, the kid from Alabama, the the kid from Alabama later. Yep.
0: Yeah. I like yeah, Mechie. Mechie too. gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. He's got a good release package. I think he can play with leverage. I think he can play down the football field making separate cuts. The knee injury doesn't help his case. I think he's going to be a guy no. we we'll look back on and be like, I can't believe he went where he went. I think John Mechie will be a nice player. So see, you're not, not pressed to get a wide his... receiver at 44, but like I yeah. can see where you don't want to be at 78 and the top there's ten receivers gone, which is to a general point I know you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, and and you know. Jake, it's like a lot of those guys have the injury tag problem, right? Like mm-hmm. the injury issues with Pickens and like you mentioned with Mechie and stuff. And I get that totally. But those are kind of those are kind of the guys that I like when I watch. And that's kind of strangely where this is a, is a little uh, problematic. You know, uh, Bell from Purdue, right? Like, is he, is he going to be there in the third round? Because I know he ran a really slow times and he didn't test that well, but... Dang, when you watch him, he looks like a damn good football player to me. And so, I mean, is he going to be there in the third round? Because I'd be okay with that too. You know what I mean? I feel like he could help him right away.
0: Yeah, I think he could be there, at pick one eighteen. So I think he'd be there at the end of that. Uh, end of third. that, well, pick ninety nine is the end of the third. One eighteen is in the fourth, I think. So wow, that's okay. the end of that's the end. Like I think ninety nine to one eighteen target range is where he could go. So you know, he's not overly big. He's not fast. By the testing, you do watch the tape, and you're like, "That guy's a football player." So, if you looked at just the testing, you're probably looking at a guy who goes, you know, fifth round, yeah. sixth round. But he's, he's a player. Got, yeah, he's, he's got, got some nuance, ability. right? Yeah, he's got yeah. some
1: nuance to his playing wide receiver. He's kind of got the little things that people pick up later when they play it for a long time, and that's mm-hmm. how he finds himself open. I think, and and that's intriguing to me because that's stuff that you really can't teach. It has to just come from playing the game, you know, and so he'll fall because of that, right? Uh, obviously, Christian Watson is so intriguing, but I think he's intriguing enough, Jake, that he's probably going to go well before the Browns pick in yeah. the second round.
0: It's testing, man. It's the testing stuff. It's right. People see athletes, they get really focused on an athlete and they miss the things they think they can teach up. Hey, this guy's athletic. I can't teach a 10 0 RAS score. But I can teach a guy to run a comeback. I can teach a guy to track a football better. We can work on those skills. Can't work on a guy who can do all these things athletically as gifted as he can. But that's where you fall into dangerous traps. That's the, that's the flip side of it. And I know, to your point off air here, Brad, like there are going to continue to be wide receivers every yes. draft. Yes. These, these guys are getting training at high school and even uh, before high school sometimes these days. These offenses yes. are so advanced These players are going to continue to come out year after year. It's going to, as you've seen across the NFL, be a position that gets paid a lot more money as the cap keeps rising. That's, that's like position number one for where the money is going to go as the cap keeps, keeps rising dynamic receivers. And they're going to keep coming every draft. They're going to keep coming every draft, man, because you just, just like, you know, quarterback, it hasn't totally translated, but that's because it's such a hard, unpredictable spot. But Quarterbacks are better by the time they get to college, in my opinion, because they've been in these systems. They understand the game at a different level, and I think that's why the quality of football, period, has been better. Better coaching, all that stuff. has trickled down to high school levels. Just so much more going on for wide receivers, so much more teaching, so many more opportunities. And they get to yes. college, it's like guys getting to college are what they were getting when they got into the NFL early in their NFL careers. Now they're yes. getting that in college. So better athletes, better teaching, better coaching, more system like integration, more, uh, understanding of the position and how football works in general. I think it's just going to be like a cycle, man. Every year is going to give you pretty good wide receiver yes. props
1: year after year. So, so let me like ask you about and this. Wings
0: one. in basketball,
1: right? The more guys are shooting, yes. more guys are shooting. Yeah. It's a similar Three and D guys, right? Three and D guys in basketball, right? Like, and so like, but how does this change the way you want to build a team? Like, look at the way that these teams have approached this differently this off season the the price is up to 30 million dollars for the best wide receivers in the game, right? Can I was shocked that Kansas City thought they can do or 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 felt that they had to part with Tyreek Hill and take that haul back. Like shocking to me, right? Uh Buffalo other great offense in the FC, does the opposite. They're like we need digs, right? So they pay yeah. him the 30 million. Debo Samuel now, he wants out of San Francisco. Where's the best place for Debo Samuel? It's in San Francisco. But he is so, like, you can see that, and you can see why they would be far apart, right? Samuel values himself as a $30 million guy, but San Francisco's saying, yeah, you might be a $20 million guy, but, you know, we got you to that $30 million value because of the offense you're in and the way that we used you. So now you Mm -hmm. don't want to be used that way and you want to be paid differently. You can see why they're far apart. Right. And you can see why some of these teams and it doesn't make sense for green Bay at all, but they did it too with Devontae Adams. Right. But like, it it, like, okay, we'll take the haul and look at the last three draft class. They're just hauling out good receiver after good receiver. Uh, We'll take the first round picks. We'll take a couple shots. I mean, we can, we can totally revamp. I mean, The Vikings with Van Jefferson and Stephon Diggs is the perfect example of that. Now, how often is that going to happen? Not often, right? That you're going to find a guy that can fill that kind of productivity the way that they did. But the idea...
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: It's all about windows to me, right? Like, I think that, that it's pretty obvious that the situation will call for um, what do you need. Like, the Bills see Josh Allen, right? They see a guy who's in this prime, this prime situation where he can capitalize right now. Their Super Bowl window is right now. now. The Chiefs are trying to change everything about who they are and how they operate on a football field, and they just took an alternative route. You could say the same thing. You know, the Chiefs are in a window, but they also think, hey, man, we've won a Super Bowl. We can try to retool this thing on the fly and keep going. I think it's a shifting market. I don't I think my answer there kind of sucked. I think it's a shifting thing where philosophies are on both ends right now, way out on both ends, like running back was when running yes. back like Ezekiel Elliott got that contract. Now we're, we're really on the far other side of that, where Nick yep. Chubb might be the last one we see for a little while here. Um yep. I think that this, this is going to be something really interesting to track. How many more quality wide receivers are coming into the league? How you can take a guy like Hill, move him, and supplement a really good quarterback on the fly. Can you do that? Chiefs are yeah. an interesting case study. Going to be changing so much. They were so scared of teams playing this cover two against them, dropping eight, dropping nine, playing cover two, playing cover four. They got afraid. They're trying to retool who they are on the fly. Bill said, we're all in. We're gonna keep this, we're not gonna take that risk. But with better receivers coming into the league all the time, I can see why teams are going about it in a different way. So yeah, I this is a five-year yeah. interesting tracking subplot. So I'm I'm definitely interested in what wide receivers, you know, do over the long haul here because a team yeah. like you know that signs digs could look at it in a couple of years and be like, Man, we hate that deal, you know. But a team like Kansas City could go into next year and have a really struggling you know, not struggling per se, but be a middling offense, which is not something they've been in a long time. And their fan base could be like, why did we give up on Tyreek Hill with three good years of football, four good years of football left for him? Right. So you can see both sides of that.
1: Uh, you can. And and I can see making sense out of both sides too. And I can especially see like in, in the San Francisco one kind of jump up and bit us a little bit. We didn't see this one coming as much, but I can see too where both sides are far apart on how they value that player. Right. Yep. And to me, the Browns would probably be on the San Francisco side of this type of thing, right? Like, we're going to value a guy as much as we value him, and that's it. And if he doesn't, you know, if we can't come to a number, then then so we're going to compensate. And can, yep. they need to be watching closely, can Kansas City supplement Tyree Hill or put a guy in that, or, or you know, can they... Do the same with Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and a and a rookie. Can they get the same production from that wide receiver position as they had with Hardman and Hill? Right. So that's the question. Ultimately, I don't think they can, but we'll find out, right? Because the other teams have done it. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. it's going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting. One of the one of the more interesting things to track. I want to close with this, Brad. Um, who? Who? Okay. So I think the Browns. A thing that we haven't heard people talk enough about is. Like they've locked up their core here. They got Nick, they got Miles, they got Petonio he's finishing out late in his core. But Wyatt Teller, Deshaun, uh, Denzel, obviously, now. Yep, they've signed the core. Who, who's, who's outside of that that's looking in? Like, I know David is a guy that's obvious for another contract, Like he would be the odds on favorite for the next extension by a mile. But if you yep. remove David. And you start looking at the young young guys and just just hunch this thing. Who's your next guy you think is going to be given the contract extension?
1: Boy, it, it's it's hard to find somebody right away. I mean, the first guy as I look down the roster that I'm like for sure I'm going to want to sign him, and I've only seen him play one year of football. Greg Newsom. <laughs> you going to say, oh, He's I thought the- you were going to go JOK. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. okay. I'm going to say Greg Newsom, premium position, cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. He looks to be like he's going to be elite, I think. Um, he jumps Burns off the, I mean, good. to me, JOK, yes, but I, I'm not thinking about linebackers that way. I just am yeah. not. I, I'm kind of just not trained to think of them that way at this point. Right. Good um, call. But
0: I think I think the most important guy here, Brad. Jed Wills. You, Jed Wills. Is is that the, the, what do they identify in their guardrails that we've seen all those years ago? Pay early? Yeah. Pay after year three? Is typically, Miles got his deal after year three. Now, I know Denzel's getting his year here, uh, deal here after year four. But you know, this is a wildly important year for Jed Wills. It it's is a premium yeah. position: corner, pass rusher, quarterback, tackle. Those are their positions. He's your left tackle. He had a he had an uneven second year. Now again, this is similar to the discussion with Mayfield. He was hurt, yeah. clearly hurt. Yeah. But no one feels sorry for you, man. You got to perform. I've got questions about Jedrick Wills. I've got questions about how good he wants to be. Sure. Skill, talent—it's all there. It's all there. People I trust who cover the offensive line and know it far more than I do, and I think I'm okay with it. But know it better—know the teaching, know the tech, uh, the technique, the the uh, little nuances of the position. They love him. They think he's got all the talent in the world. How how big is Jedrick Wills' drive? That's my question. Yeah. How badly does Jedrick Wills want to be? Among the best or the best at his position. That is what I don't know. Quits plays too early. We used to call yeah. this back in my day. Brad helmet cam in it, where the play wasn't done, and he would be looking around, yeah, uh, watching the play happen. It's my. He's not a finisher. He's not a finisher. No. So he definitely isn't. How, um, how, how can he change that habit? That is the guy. I think you're right. I think I think Greg will play his way into another contract opportunity. Whether that they want to pay two corners, Brad. That's another discussion. Totally. Okay, good enough player to make a second contract does he stay healthy enough over the next three years do they actually want to pay a linebacker right right you know right. there's no right tackle answer right now jack conklin might be an extent if he comes back healthy they might work out another deal year two you can sure. see that but that's not an extension i'm talking like your core young guys get a real extension yeah. here yeah. I, I think they've locked up almost everybody man you know but it's big years for grant delpit big year for jed wills those are guys yeah. who are in the year three in the nfl where it's like who are you as players those guys are really really interesting to me is there anybody i'm missing there i think that's
1: no that's probably i think it, you right? nailed it with delpit like delpit is a guy that you would like to think
0: he's got to have a big year he's got to get he's got to have good. a
1: couple big years you know or a big year here and earn it right because yeah. he came out so strong at the end of last year. It's like we saw some glimpses, I think, at the end yeah. of last season, like of what he could, could potentially be yeah. uh, fully healthy. And, and But the biggest one, you're absolutely right, is Jed Wills, right? Like that is so huge to what the Browns want to mm-hmm. uh, build along the offensive line.
0: We talked about this after the 2020 draft, Brad. Bucks had to pick after the Browns in the first two rounds. Pick after Jed Wills, Tristan Works. Been yep. pretty good pick after grand delpit antoine winfield been pretty good two years those those are two teams back-to-back players at same position and that draft happened 2020 i got a good friend of mine i went to college with big bucks fan a couple of them said hey man it's gonna be interesting to see and listen they're bucks fans when it's been bad so i've been happy for them. but i said hey man it's gonna be interesting to track this thing in three or four years to see who who ended up with the best of these positions right now it's a humongous lean tampa bay so this is, a, this is as big a third year as it could be for anybody on the roster in recent years, and that's Mayfield included for Jed and Grant Delpit because those are the two young core guys to me that would be next in line. And, again, someone can correct me in the mentions or whatever, but yeah. I'm pretty sure those are the next two guys that, that are eligible, right. make sense, and you would love for those guys to be core guys. So that's what I got. Am I missing anyone, Brad?
1: No, that's it. Last question for you, Jake, before we get down yeah. here. Yeah. I, I told you my guys that were off the guardrails, kind of just my favorite wide receivers. Who are Who's your favorite off the guardrails guy? It can be Edge, whatever, that that doesn't fit what the Browns, but the guy that you absolutely love and wish they would take.
0: He won't be there at 44, but he could because he's so old. Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle okay. out of Georgia. He okay. is everything you would want uh, in a defensive tackle at the NFL level. They would be so good with Cleveland. Some people at the beginning early phases of this when the Browns still had their pick in the first round were kind of pegging him there. He's 24. It's not going to happen. He's just too old. I mean, it could, I guess. I don't want to sit here and say it's not going to happen. We watched last year. They trade up for JOK. Andrew Barry says, stop saying this stuff. We can bend if we want to bend. If yeah. Wyatt's there at 44, I, he's good, man. He's really good. I cannot see him getting out of the first <laughs> round. But you say that every year. It was JOK yeah. last year. We were on the, on the show last year, Brad, thinking JOK was the pick. For The Browns 24 25, what'd they pick? 26? I can't remember. We were thinking, like, that, that, if they took Jok here, that's great. They that's picked him great. at 52, yeah. They picked him at 52. So, like, every year, there's a couple guys where you're like, why the hell is that guy still on the board? If you could throw out the guardrails, go get this player, he's the guy I'd get. He's really good. The kid, the Ebbet, uh, uh, the Arnold, I, I I always jack up his last name. People don't pay me to pronounce last names, thank god. Ebiketti or something like that, I cannot pronounce his last name. Penn State, State Ed, he's two. a nice, yeah. he's a nice player, but he's old. He's really old too, so you know I really liked Isaiah Likely, tight end, out yeah. of uh, Coastal, but boy, he ran yeah. slow. His his testing numbers were slow outside of the guardrails. If I could throw that out and just look at the guy on tape, he was a he blocks his butt off. He plays really hard. I do like him, but uh, yeah, those are those are some of the ones that come to mind first. So it's just it's tough because they have this history. They're, the, the history is this, and you know it, Brad, but. Power Five schools—they're drawn to the big schools. They're yeah, drawn to—they're drawn to elite athletes, and their early round picks, round one, two, have all been twenty-one at the time of the draft. So
1: I—I I swear, in right. every mock simulation I've ever done, Jake, I end up with Neil Farrell Jr., defensive interior defensive yeah. guy from freaking LSU, because he's there in the at pick two hundred two, right? And that's a need, yeah. and it's because like, he's, oh, he's old. It's because he's old. He's hes a fine—he's a—he's a nice shade.
0: If they wanted yeah. to take him and play him at shade or. Or uh, or zero nose and odd front stuff, man. He could be fine, but he's old. And again, I don't I don't have such a problem with it. And maybe this shifts, Brad. Maybe it shifts because they see, like, our window is here. It's really here. We have everything in place, but we need this D tackle. Well, hey, he's 24. I don't give a shit. He's good, and we need Can
1: it play right now. now. Yeah.
0: Can he play now? We need now, guys, because we have a now window. Does that change? That's why this draft is fascinating. I know they don't have a first-round pick, and that sucks, and we'll get to participate in the Thursday stuff, but. There's a lot of fascinating picks with a lot of explanations tied to those picks that I think we're all going to be like, hmm, interesting. It's a little different than what we had uh, grown accustomed to between the Sashi and Barry uh, run here. So, And this will there.
1: bring this back full circle a little, Jake, and I know you got to get out of here. But the, because of what we talked about with wide receiver and because teams don't want to pay a guy $30 million, does that drive guys up the board? Do we see a huge run on these wide receivers earlier in the draft because of that? Potentially. It's a good question. I think, I think I had a lot of
0: hope about a lot of receivers being there at 44 and then Green Bay and Kansas City happened. Those two trades uh, that, that 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 put two picks in Kansas City and Green Bay's hands late in the first round. And you got to think too, Brad, right in front of Cleveland, if they really want a wide receiver, George Pickens is there. Um, if, if, if Sky Moore falls down, Jahan Dotson sitting there, they love a guy. I believe, you can look this up while I'm saying it here, but the pick order in the second round, I'm pretty sure pick 42 is Indy and pick 43 is Atlanta or something along. It might not be Atlanta. It's some other wide receiver needy team. Chicago, maybe, right in front of them. Um, But there's two wide receiver needy teams that could go right in front of them.
1: Yes, Steelers uh, at 43, Colts, Seahawks, Seahawks, Eagles, Jets, Texans, Giants, Jets, Lions.
0: Okay, so go from pick 40 to 44
1: 39 to 44 uh eagles at 39 seahawks at 40 uh seahawks again, seahawks again at 41 colts at 42 steelers at 43
0: okay so the steelers are out on wide receiver most oh, likely wait. they could
1: you know what though this 43rd pick is a uh mock draft trade from the falcons so it's actually a okay it but is the falcons so yeah but if yeah, the
0: falcons please. don't ta- i thought it was the falcons but i wasn't sure Because I think the Falcons then have like pick 58 or something like that. If the Falcons don't take a first-round receiver, which is possible they won't, they could take a quarterback, they could take a corner, they could do a lot of different things. Those two teams are teams that are dead-set wide receiver second-round teams because the Colts need to – they lost T.Y. Hilton. They are really needing wide receivers too. And they have Matt Ryan who's – obviously his window is right this second. So if you want to get up and get a player – you got to trade with Seattle. The second Seattle pick, pick 41. If you want to move up for receiver, that's what you're going to have to do. Go up to 41. If Pickens is there or some guy you really love, it's going to yeah. require going up with one of those two back-to-back Seattle picks. So that's where I'm like, as I'm watching the second round, I don't really see them wanting to move up all the way to pick 33 or 35, something like that. But when yeah. pick 40 hits and pick 41, that's where my eyes is like It's like, okay, they can move up in a JOK-like, Hey, we'll give you, you know, and this is, again, totally hypothetical, guys. I give you pick 44 and pick 118 for pick 41 and yeah. pick 122. You swap, you kind of swapping out a better later pick for them yeah. the same way they did last year when they made that trade to go up and get JOK. They didn't lose a pick. They just moved back a little bit on that, that yeah. other pick they gave up. So that's where if you're looking to pay attention, uh, that's the spot to pay attention to
1: very interesting stuff. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be an it'll be a lot of fun to watch and interesting to see the way the Browns approach this and interesting to see the way NFL approaches these this wide receiver thing is is kind of a something I've been watching closely. Really good stuff tonight, Jake though.
0: Appreciate you, Brad. This is a great episode, guys. Make sure you're checking out All Eyes on Cleveland part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network the same way the OBR film breakdown is. That's the to me, Brad's running the only other Cleveland Brown pod, Browns podcast that matters on the Blue Wire Network, so you need to be checking that out. Take the time to check it out. Take the time to check out All Eyes on Cleveland. I know Brad appreciates you guys checking out this episode. Wherever you're checking it out, his pod channel, my pod channel, we appreciate you guys doing it. Make sure you subscribe to both right now. Take advantage of that opportunity to get both of those podcasts delivered into your mailbox whenever they drop every morning, so on and so forth. Brad, I appreciate your time, guys. I appreciate your time listening to this pod. Have a great weekend. You listen to this Saturday night. Have a great, safe Saturday night or Sunday, Monday, whatever. Appreciate you guys and go, Browns.